Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, it's Rob Orton here, and welcome to this monthly Best Ofs podcast of the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. Um, in these monthly best ofs, there's going to be five pieces from the daily podcast that have been put together without breaks and things like that. So this is January and um, there's a piece called Mummified Talking that was from a show I did about talking called The Talk Show. And there's a piece about a robin where I was doing some gardening and I saw a robin and went on to read quite a lot about robins and um, how the history of... There's a real connection between uh, people and robins. It came about due to the fact that uh, when the robin would see people doing work, they would know that food was going to be dug up for them. So there's some sort of like interwoven chemistry between us um, it's worth reading, actually. I can't really remember it and probably haven't explained it very well, but I certainly, uh, it made me look at Robins in a different way. It's like, it's, sometimes they do look at you as if they know you or they've got something that they want from you. And what that is, is the worms that you're probably digging up out of the ground. And then there's a piece about swimming, something that I like to try to do that I can if I can remember it, which is to pretend that everyone I see has just been swimming in a swimming pool just because living in London it can be helpful to uh, look at people in a different way to just uh, make yourself feel a bit safer, really. Um, and then there's a piece called Surrendering to Sleep that's from a show I did about sleeping called The Sleep Show and one about seeing a pied wagtail on a road and um so there's a couple of bird themed ones pied wagtails a lot of you obviously know what they are if you can't picture one at the moment they are the birds that are always at service stations they love the environment of the service station i don't know where they're going to or why they need to stop at a service station but oh no i'm joking it's it's obviously because um People sit on benches and eat McDonald's and that's what they like. They want to get the food again. But yeah, they're always there on, on the service stations. I'd love to see a bar chart of where all the pied wagtails are. I think at service stations will probably be the biggest bar on that bar chart. Anyway, that'll be it for January. Yeah, it's sunshine. The sun's shining outside. Yeah, all right. Mummified talking. Why do I talk? I'm led to believe it's good for me and everyone else does it. I was on a busy train and a man was talking to himself. He said, oh God, there's just too many people. As if he wasn't adding to it. 
He had an itch and he scratched it with his words. Two people behind me on the train were talking and one said to the other, Wow, it's busy, isn't it? And the other person said, Yeah, it's popular. Two distinctly different outlooks. I wish I could think of absolutely rammed trains as popular. Oh, wow, this is a popular train. This must be a really good one, this one. It's so good, people are willing to pay to sit on the floor. Look at everyone on this train. They're all sitting on the floor and talking about sitting on the floor. Everyone just really wants to be on this train, don't they? It's that popular. I can't believe I got a ticket, to be honest. I am so excited to be on such a popular train. Sometimes hear conversations and I want to mummify them so they'll keep like when I was on the train up to York and I heard an old lady talking on the phone and she said oh Linda it was so busy in Madame Tussauds you couldn't move it kept me going for ages or when I heard two businessmen talking on the train and one said to the other when's your last day then and the other one said tomorrow he seemed so calm about it I guess he was travelling to see his loved ones, just like I would be doing if it was my last day tomorrow. Before mobile phones were invented, people didn't apologise for going through tunnels. I saw a man on the phone on the train pretending to go through a tunnel. Oh, sorry, um, I'm just coming up to a tunnel, so it's probably going to cut. My mum never hangs up on me. At the end of our phone calls, she always says, Talk to you again then, Rob. And I say, Yeah, I hope so, Mum. When I see two people deep in conversation on the train and I'm on my own, I often wish I had someone to talk to. But then I say to myself, no, Rob, remember, the barbecue always smells better from over the fence. Intimidation Techniques of a Robin Standing on the small strip of garden, having carried out some light maintenance, a robin landed a metre away on the recently disturbed mud. I thought I knew what robins did. I believed I had seen the behaviour of robins enough to predict how the next few moments would unfold. I would move towards the robin, the robin would look at me, be still for a blink and then fly off leaving me with the feelings I get when I've just seen a robin. The opposite of annoyed. Pleased to have seen a bit of free colour. I looked at all the parts that came together to build the robin. The wings, the head, the eyes, the beak, the feet, the brown, the grey, the orange, and thought, go on then, do what you normally do. You've given me the correct amount of time that robins allocate to humans. Without fail, you leave us wanting more. Let's keep it as it's always been. Our lives are too different for us to form a solid friendship. You know that as well as I do. Instead of flying away, the robin took a step towards me. Not a sequence of steps. One properly pronounced step really lifting that foot off the earth, moving it forward for a semicircle before returning it to the ground. Sometimes, 
When one step is taken instead of several, I find the step becomes more dramatic, more loaded, as if someone is really thinking about what they're going to do and more to the point if they should be doing it. I did not expect this from a robin, and I'm not saying a robin is a someone. Should I be doing this is not what I hear going through a robin's head. I began my lowering to the ground manoeuvre, starting at the knees, keeping my back straight, not breathing too much. The robin was still still. My knees had got me as low as I could go. I had never seen a bird so secure in its own feathers as that robin. Turning its head in one swift movement, I could see one of its eyes. Too much eyes for a bird that size. Those eyes must be heavy in the head, unlike mine. I can't feel the weight of my eyes, but they feel about right. Her eyes the heaviest component of a robin, black all the way through. I had been looking at the eye for long enough for us to have entered into a staring contest, but the competitive element was nowhere to be seen. The robin blinked, so quietly, I had never seen a robin blink before. Where had all the eyelid come from? Must have a really good hiding place for that. No eyelashes, though. When I see a robin, I always think of it to be a man, but it occurred to me that this was a woman. She had motherly, sisterly, girlfriendly and daughterly qualities. How fragile do you have to be before you start needing a robin to tell you everything's going to be all right? She continued to advance towards me, keeping eye contact, and there was no way... No way that I was going to back away from the ancestor of a small Christmas dinosaur. I knelt. She stood. She couldn't kneel. You need knees to do that, and robins were busy when knees were being issued. Do birds have a bad posture? Get your shoulders back. What was this situation I'd found myself in on a Saturday afternoon? I thought my eyesight had been getting worse recently, but the robin was as in focus as frogs are on the adverts for HD televisions. She was plugged in, switched on, and I was really getting a good episode of this robin soap opera. A bird, so friendly and familiar, I wanted to ask her if we had met before. Sorry, do I know you? I could see the small shine of the claws, the tiny rings of skin around the legs. I creased my nose up so my top lip lifted slightly and moved my eyebrows down as if trying to bring my nose and eyebrows together. Crouched down, I laughed in the robin's direction as if we'd shared a joke. The bird looked at me as if remembering what she was and quickly flew away. Just when you start to believe you have got a few things figured out, a tame robin comes and turns your brain on its head by coming a bit too close for a bit too long.
Swimmers. I like to pretend that everybody I ever see has just been swimming. In a swimming pool. It makes me feel safer around people. You don't go swimming in a swimming pool and then mug somebody. I was walking home the other night and I was getting followed by a man with a knife. And I thought, it's okay. He's probably got his goggles in his bag. Probably rolled his towel up, put the goggles on, made a little head. Oh, he's just been swimming. That must have been lovely for him. The specific look people possess when they walk out of the swimming baths with their endorphins dolphining around their upright again bodies. They are inflated, pumped, eager to tread concrete as if the water was their huge wet battery charger. There is one lady I see most mornings. She has the most perfectly dry hair for someone who's just been swimming. To achieve such dryness, she must dry each hair on her head individually with a fresh towel for each hair. I pair people up with a stroke and watch them swim effortlessly around my mind, where there is no bombing. Surrender into sleep. I like sleeping. How do you feel about sleeping? Do you enjoy having a break from yourself? I know I do. If being awake is a journey, I'm a nervous passenger. I surrender to sleep every night. My duvet is my chubby white flag. I went to sleep last night. Not that I had much of a choice in the matter. It's difficult to shake off the habit of a lifetime. I'm going back to sleep tonight. Nah, you can't look at it like that, can you? Life is not one big sleep with inconvenient daily interruptions of being awake. I had a really good night last night. I did you, what did you do? I went to sleep. Have you done it? Wow. It was as if I wasn't bothered about anything. I'm doing it again tonight. I don't care anymore. I've had an awakening. I'm saying this as the awake version of myself. The asleep version of me isn't here. He's in bed. Well, it will be when I get there. I'm not saying I sleep with myself. I guess I am. When you sleep with yourself, you're sleeping with a member of your own family. I've been trying to explore sleep, but it's difficult to explore sleep when you're awake. I attempted to carry out research when I was asleep, but I got too close to the subject. I'm heartened by the fact that we've all been to sleep and we will be going to sleep again. Sometimes I look at people in the street and think, I know what you've been doing. I'm excited by that, but I am not excited by the fact that some of us walk around like we've got absolutely nothing in common. Hiya. Sorry, do I know you? Well, you don't know me, no, but I wake up on the morning and I go to sleep on the night time, and in between I just do the best I can to keep myself alive. You don't know the finer details, but we're pretty much the same. That was a conversation between me and a pigeon. Murchison Road. I had just noticed how blue the sky was that morning, 
when the lady who was walking in front of me stopped to look at a pied wagtail in the road. I knew it was a pied wagtail as well as a bird because my dad had pointed one out to me in the past. Probably the last time we were together and a pied wagtail was there with us too. It was in the road, but it was as far from roadkill as you can get. Hopping along without a landing sound. Too light to create any noise for me to listen to. I love seeing black and white things that are naturally that way. How did nature know how to happen? Badgers, zebras, magpies, skunks, pandas, killer whales, penguins, dalmatians. To see them in a gang advancing toward me in their dress code that was included in their invitation to the party of life would be a sight to behold. Maybe a black and white cat in there that can't believe its luck. I also enjoy unnaturally black and white things such as humbugs, chessboards and the contents of Beetlejuice's wardrobe. The pied wagtail was there in the road, not on a zebra crossing unfortunately, but pecking at something that was too small for me to see. Unless it was pecking at the planet of course, in that case I could see exactly what it was trying to do. I had never thought of an ambitious pied wagtail before, but why should ambition purely be for humans? The lady who had stopped to look at the bird was smiling. She looked back at me with her eyebrows raised and looked directly at the bird again without saying anything. I knew she wanted me to see what she was seeing, like when you're at a party and a friend sees two friends unexpectedly French kissing. Maybe the lady was having one of those dinosaur bird realisation moments or maybe a wow that tarmac is just right for a road moment or maybe she was just smiling because she'd seen a bird having a moment to itself in the middle of the road in the middle of a sunny day in January. <laughs>